This is APX. This is Episode 5, A Man with a Lot of Questions. In today's episode, we're going to listen to John Doe interview Subject 759 for the very first time. This is John Doe. Uh, interview four for the day. It's, uh, this is gonna be. Uh, it's thirteen fifty. Um, this is my first interview. This subject is American subject seven five nine. I have not met him, so this will be an intro. We'll see how it goes. Hello. Hello. Hey, I'm John Doe. Uh, can you hear me through these things? I am your... <laughs> I don't know what. I'm your questioner for the day. So, is it is that like to keep you anonymous, or...? No. Yeah, John Doe is my, is my real name. That's, uh, that's my birth name. Must have been weird growing up with that name. It was. Like, once kids, like, realized uh, what John Doe usually stood for, it was not fun. You... So I can ask you anything I want to ask. Yeah, so how this works is you can ask me any questions. Dude, this is our meet and greet, man. This is our icebreaker. This is me trying to get to know you. Really, when I say you can ask me anything you want, I mean it. You can ask me absolutely anything. I may or may not answer it. But you don't have to answer it. Right. That is, that's correct. And, and, like, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to hide anything from you or anything like that. All, all that might happen where I don't answer you is if I feel like it's not relevant to us. And even then, man, I, I will probably answer most anything you ask me. Um, that's just kind of how it is. And you don't have to answer me truthfully. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have to answer you truthfully. We're not bound by anything here. So th I'm not, you know, I'm not law enforcement. That's none of this stuff's going to come up again. It's just you and me talking. And no, I don't. But I do want to establish some level of trust between us because I want you to be able to talk to me. And I want you to be truthful with me. So I would be truthful with you for that. Okay. And you don't believe it. And if I don't want to talk... You don't have to talk if you don't want to talk. You can just sit there. I have... So, the task I have here while I'm on your premises... I So, while I'm here, I am going to ask you questions from the perspective of having read a lot about you. But you don't have to say anything back to me if you don't want to. I don't think it'll be very fruitful. And I'm allotted the same amount of time regardless of what the other party is saying to me. So, how big is this boat? <clears throat> <laughs> I don't actually know. It's, um... Okay, so, it's... It's not as... In my opinion, it's not as big as a... Like a trawler with the shipping containers on it. It's not as big as that. Um, well, I say, I say that, like, in terms of, like, you know bow to stern side to side it's like a like a cruise ship do you have you ever been on a cruise it's like you know 
one of those boats. And I guess you know about when I tried to liberate myself. Yes, I'm aware. Uh, I Like I said, I have a full file on you up through the point that you left uh, the custody of the United States. I guess well, you were in local custody. So when you left state or local custody, um, I have a file on you up to that point. And then the stuff after that, I actually had recordings of the previous interviews you've done in here. With those recordings, I, I've caught up on, you know, kind of your style and stuff. And I don't mean to say that like I know everything. I'm not trying to be like that kind of guy. But I have like, I have a pretty good idea of what you're about to a degree. So if I did that on this boat, what would happen? You mean if you try if you tried to get out? Um. Well, okay. I said we're gonna just go straight to the testing. All right. Look. So this is a pretty secure place. It's not near anything. So you're aware of that part. And that's not me trying to scare you or anything. I'm just telling you, you're not near land. There is a security system in place. There are multiple layers to the security system. And I'll I'll go a step further, man. I'll tell you what the first one is. Uh, The deck you're on, you would get locked down on that deck. Uh, The crew would be with you. Most of this crew has different ways to defend themselves. But uh, the, the crew is, uh, the crew has escape mechanisms they potentially could use. They all have different types of communication devices, which I'm sure you've seen. They're not phone related. I don't know if you know about that part. Um, it's not like internet or satellite based. It's like onboard, it's almost like radio, like short, uh, short wave, uh, short distance radios. But the bottom line is, what would happen is they would seal off the compartments that they believe you're in, uh, and they would gas you. They would gas you. Uh, you'd, you'd get knocked out from the gas. It wouldn't kill you uh, unless you had like some kind of reaction to it. But um, everybody signs a waiver. I signed a waiver saying that that could happen if, if you were to get free. I, you know, I don't. I don't know where you're headed with this. Are you like a? Are you law enforcement or? I'm intelligence. So, okay, you're asking, like, what do I do? I'm a fact gatherer. I, I don't know I don't know how to explain. This is all a research study. You know that. You've, you know, seen some paperwork or some... I guess they put it up on the screens on the wall there. Uh, I am here to basically ask you psychology and math questions, honestly. So, like, anything we say probably won't be, like in court right <laughs> yes that's right it, it, not only will it not be in court I don't even know how we would explain it man I don't even know what we would say to like try and justify you being here right cause I'm not even supposed to be here so let me ask you how do you I'm gonna leave my card with you which it feels kinda pointless I know you can't get like outside communications but um, I kind of I kind of telling everybody this that I'm uh, icebreaking with today. Um, I'm gonna leave my card. If you just get in the mood where you just want to talk, you want to tell a story. Do you have a way to? How do you how do you communicate here? 
There's like a, it's more like an intercom. Like I can press a button and eventually someone will answer. Are there a lot of people here? Uh, yeah. So, you mean on the boat? I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know the specifics. I'm not hiding anything from you here. I can tell you that there are still more than 600 subjects like you here. Um, just by the size of the boat and my experience with boats, there's a lot of different levels of crew, if that makes sense. I don't know a number, though. Uh, my guess would be total, if I was just kind of like guessing like the total. I think it's something like 2,000 personnel, and like it would rotate in and out. How many people do you interview? I interview a lot of people. Um, I so, uh, You're not the first person today. Some of the interviews were a little bit shorter. Um, you're, you're not all the same types of subjects. Your interview is... Uh, uh, of particular interest to somebody up the chain and so because that interview is interesting to those people they give me more time with you I have um, I am a I was a case officer with the program so technically I've interviewed a lot of the people that are here like prior to this in this type of setting that we're in right now I have probably 25 subjects that I'll be interviewing short term and then I think I have 30 that I'll be interviewing more long term and there's other uh, there's other subjects I'll interview for other people like along the way do you live on the boat no that's actually a really good question no I do not live on the boat I um I, I live on the mainland and I have to I have to travel here to work uh, I only work X number of days a month. Uh, it's considered like a, a kind of a security issue because uh, the boat is like it's not docked anywhere; it's moving. And are you like, what do you do with the information that I give you? Like, how does how does this whole thing work? I write up a report. Uh, so everything you say to me after this particular interview and we'll have like we'll have more interviews like this where we're just talking um i try that's kind of my interview style is uh, i like for a lot of it to be that we get to know each other uh, i will write up a report though of even like the banter we're obviously we're being recorded here and so i take that and like that gets transcribed in my office um and then the information ultimately is about sort of patterns of human behavior and I'll write it up and then I assign key data sets to it. Like it's almost like data entry is kind of boring. That information gets used by the, I call them the scientists. Um, I don't know what you, the, the program leaders or whatever you want to call them. And they take that information and they sort of, um, they use it to to hopefully formulate like publications down the line that can help out like a, a number of different industries and and types of jobs uh, going forward. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I like to think of it as like you're doing you're you're doing like something like really good. You're giving back to the world. Got to think of it that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Well, so do you live in America? Um, no, I don't currently live in the. I well, okay, I have. A place to live in the U.S. I, I prefer to live outside the U.S. Um, I actually, uh, without, and this is not because I'm just a nomad. It's not really like, right this second, I technically am staying in Europe, and I feel like where I'm staying is kind of more home-ish. But no, I, I mean I'm in America a lot. That's where I grew up, and I have family there, and all of that. So, and I still I have a place there that I kept. Uh, I inherited it, so I have that. Are you married? Yeah, I've been married a lot. I, uh, I'm on, um, I'm on my third marriage. Do you have um, children? Yeah, I have kids. Do they live like with you or? Yeah, the kids live with me and um, my current wife. They're not, so she's stepmom to them. Um, she's amazing, but they live with me. And we uh, we raise them together. Yeah. I don't really know what the end game of this all might be, so I feel like it's kind of at odds. Like I feel a little bit like endurable, or maybe a goldfish. I, I imagine that you would. I I um. I, I'll, you have this the see-through walls I haven't seen on all of the other places that's uh, interesting I'm sorry that you feel like a gerbil or a goldfish I don't know what the end game is either can you see these other people okay well so the goal here is you and I are gonna we're gonna do a number of things man like hopefully we'll clear up some of the things that you left out there in the world my conversations with you might lead to clearing up some things that other people left out in the world generally speaking we were looking for types of people that on paper are one thing and like how to get into their mind that's my understanding of what this program is this program is a lot older than you and I do you listen to music? Yeah, listen. Everybody listens to music. Well, I I guess I was thinking like do you have a favorite kind of music? Yeah, I I um I like jam bands, like multiple different types of jam bands. Are you guys able to Let me ask you. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but like with all the setup in there, I haven't ever seen like up close what you guys have. Like, I see the big touchscreen wall thing. Are you able to listen to music and watch stuff? Yeah, we we have surprising access to being able to, like, watch and listen to things and lots to look at, but we don't have... It's, it's very locked down. There's no outside communication, but I guess you probably probably already are aware of that. Yeah, I'm kind of aware. I mean... I, I, I get, like, the point here with the whole uh, floating prison idea. I mean, 
you signed up for this, and I assume that you still feel okay with it. I don't really know what the alter- I've never seen the paperwork for um, for your situation in terms of like what did you physically sign. That's not something they share with us because they keep that under lock and key. What I did get on you is all based on like you know other interviews and other investigations into you. So how frequently will I end up seeing you? Um, I don't know right now. I So I'm on the boat uh, X number of days a month. You, uh, Depending on the uh, fruitfulness of the conversations, you would see a lot more of me. Like, the more you and I put together and things seem to click, you know, the more you would see me. Well, the other, the person that was here before, they sort of got right to it, but I believe they were they were actually from like law enforcement or I don't know yeah I don't I don't know I don't know like much about I know the name and like I can see how you guys interacted it seemed like it was coming from kind of a a place of anger I I don't like as you can see I picked a different interview style but uh, the interview like this like you and I just talking is my it's kind of my chosen thing anyways like I don't I don't do a lot of um, the bad cop bad cop stuff but like you don't you're in intelligence so what what exactly does that mean oh um so yeah it's like fact checking research work I mean I think people get this image of like spy shit and there's an element of it that probably would like align with that a little bit, but it's really not. I don't do spy shit. What I do is, um, uh, I, I say the word fact finding cause that's literally what I do. I spend a lot of time kind of carefully. It's almost a like game theory that like you were trying to overcome your own com- uh, confirmation bias, I guess. And I help other people do that. I help them overcome the confirmation bias by finding, like, somebody will have a theory, and they'll say, this is what I think happened to whatever. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Sometimes it's political stuff. Sometimes it's, you know, criminal matters or civil matters. Um, it is pretty high level, but... Okay, so the, the idea is that you're going to be fact-finding me, basically. Like, you want to know what where I've been and what I've done. You want to pick up where, like, other people left off. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. I mean, the goal is, like, yes, like, somewhere in that mix. I don't think it's the first priority, but it's, like, the second or third priority of, you know, somebody other than me is to, like, yeah, they want to know how many banks did you rob, what'd you burn down, how, how much did you steal, who did you kill. They want to know all that. Don't get me wrong. That's part of what we're doing. Um, and I've been warned that, like, you know, your secrets are your secrets and you're not going to give them up. So I'm not unaware of what you're doing. I'm not trying to kiss your ass. You know, I know that you have a dark side. So, and I'm also not judging you for having that dark side. Well, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not going to just hand you a list today. I know that's probably your goal is to get a list of his crimes and get out. No, it's, it's not my goal for there to just be this list that you, like, spit out. and that, That's not what's happening. And then, I guess, you'll just be done with me. 
No, we're stuck together until I get reassigned. Right now, I'm tasked to you, and I mean, I don't. That's for the foreseeable future. How long it is, I guess, probably depends on, again, like how successful we are, and and, and if there's a like a connection. I mean, like, look, all things considered, are you kind of okay with like what's going on here? Yeah, I mean. Like, on the one hand, I feel like some of my basic constitutional rights are being violated, but... I don't... I think you gave those up. And, like, I say that in the nicest way possible. And I... Look, I've worked for a while doing this, um, and I know you've been here for a minute. I... (laughs) It could be worse, right? I guess hindsight and all that... I really, I've already known myself, and um, it's interesting, like, the way that things have played out are not, they're not what I planned, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure I'll have more questions, but I don't, you know, it, it's, it's sort of strange for me to sit here it's a little uncomfortable to know just how stuck I am and it would be very difficult for me to articulate that I had this whole life and this whole other life and now you know I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you because of I mean, let's face it, bad decisions that I made in the last months of my freedom. And on the one hand, I guess this is sort of what I wanted, at least to some degree. On the other hand, I feel like this is maybe torture. This is this really is some kind of torture it feels like I think torture is a, a little bit of an overstatement I look man I try and look at everything as positively as I possibly can but I, I, I do understand where you're coming from you know I uh, I believe that I have made a mistake in making some of the choices that I made and I mean I I guess I would like to ask you more personal questions but not geared towards you I would I would like to know what you think of me and what you think it is that like I should do being what it is this is very boring not this not you and I talking this life is very boring and um, it's it's strange because, you know, the food is good, the entertainment is not bad, I'm left in here with my memories, so to some degree, I'm okay. Well, I mean, I don't, I haven't developed like a, an opinion of you, and I try and not be the kind of person that just judges somebody based on... Like, what's on paper? Uh, you know, you're not the worst one here. And like I said, I do... I try and be as positive as possible. 
But look, here's the deal. Like, you're here after making an agreement with, you know, the, the program. And you... You had made the choice to kill yourself. That was where you were going to go with it. So at least you've survived this amount of time now. And, you know, in terms of your crimes and stuff, like, look, I would like to get to the bottom of them. I would like to know why you did what you did. And I'm sure that to some degree you would also like to know, you know, answers to some of that. It's hard not to judge, but, like, I really haven't judged you. I don't have an opinion of, of that part of you. Okay. I gotta ask, man. So, in your write-up, in your file, are you just, like, masturbating 24-7? Because... Oh, I don't know that I want to talk about that right now. That's an interesting way to spend your time. And I'm curious if, at some point, maybe not now, we can discuss that from the perspective of, like, is that past related like secrets and memories related and you don't have to answer that now I just mean like that's something that uh, would probably be of interest well to be fair they haven't blocked the porn <laughs> that's not a today topic I don't think well do you have any more like you want to ask me more stuff today I mean we've been in here for a little bit I don't want to get off on the wrong foot with you if, if you don't have a lot more questions I can we can wrap this up if if you have something that you want to go do I don't have a lot I don't have many more questions for you I want how about a conjugal visit <laughs> uh, oh you want something from me is that like a thing I look if I swear an oath that I won't harm whoever <laughs> how would we do that like, I, how, I don't how know. would I like, I don't know how that I mean? would work there's not anyone you knew there would be limited human contact when you came in here. I don't... Hmm. I, look, I'm not going to outright tell you no to your face. I'm just going to tell you... I'll think about it and kick it upstairs. When I was on the outside, um, there were things that were not going well. And... I had it in my mind that... Um, there, like for a, for a long time, I had sort of an unrealistic picture. I think I probably had it for four or five years, where I thought there was one person from my past. I thought they would get things together, but after a period of time, you give up on things like that, and certainly after seven, eight, nine years, you give up on things like that. And now we're sitting here, and I know it's not very realistic, but I would say that's probably... That's probably the part that makes you... And, and I, I understand that what I did completely and totally warrants the treatment that I'm receiving. I just don't understand how to deal with the loneliness sometimes that's probably the part that has been most disheartening for me is how lonely 
it all is here. Yeah, I sort of thought that might be one of the bigger... I, I thought it might be one of the bigger points of contention. Um, and it, I've read enough about your relationships that I think I know... I, I know what you're saying. You know, I... It, this whole idea is uh, it, there is an element of it that's inhumane. I'll, I'll say it that way. Yeah, well, I know that now. Well, let me ask you this. like, Specifically addressing the loneliness and the situation you're in in terms of relationships. What if I, what if I was able to connect you with someone in-house here um, like who could come and talk to you from the perspective of mental health? I know you have like I know there's a nutritionist, and I know that you speak with a case manager, but the case managers aren't as, um, they're not as savvy with psychology and um, psychiatry. What if you had like a, a mental health, like, uh, they're probably going to send a social worker to start with, but like, what if it was like a therapist? What if it was a professional you could talk to about some of these things? Yes, I would definitely be interested in talking to a mental health professional. If nothing else, it would be another distraction that would be useful. Preferably a woman, if that's possible to ask for. <laughs> Look, man, I, I, the, the, you're going to have to cool it on that part. I don't know how that will go over. And that's going to make me not want to, like... Like, you're not going to be... They're not going to be in there with you. Just be aware of it. Yeah, that. I figured. Never know until you ask. If I, if I could give you, like, one thing, like, like a tangible physical thing that... I don't... I mean, you... Because they've got it set up. You have most everything you need. Like, I hate to say it this way, but it's kind of like a treat. You know, do you need a treat of some kind? Like, one thing? Well... I hmm, I would like to try a piece of chocolate that I've never had. Something that's come out in like the last five years that's like a new thing. You want a piece of chocolate? You want candy? I'll bring you one thing and you want candy. Yes, I like candy and that that would be the fastest way for me to feel something I had not felt before. I think that is what I would want. Okay, so when will I see you again? Um, so there's about a seven to ten day lag time. I would... Uh, but for you, you will probably today probably by next friday i can get back out here to to have another conversation we can kind of see how things progress does that seem all right with you all right well it was um nice to meet you and i look forward to i look forward to talking to you again all right nice to meet you too um considering the circumstances sorry about that but I look forward to talking to you too, man. I hope that um, I hope that this is, is productive, and um, uh, I will. I'll see you next week. So it's after fourteen hundred hours, I'm hanging up the video conference and outside the 
headquarters for Subject 759. Uh, this is our first interview wrap-up, and uh, we'll pull the exact times from our report from the, uh, from the audio stand. I'm Beth Maurer. This is APX, Season 1, 7, 5, 9. This podcast is brought to you by True Crime Think Tank and True Crime Excess. Our executive producers are Margaret Elizabeth, John Walters, and Jamie B. APX is written and directed by your host, Beth Maurer, with assistance from Jennings John. Editing by Marlo Boyd, Alex Bryant, and Beth Maurer. Special thanks to Miguel Santos, Arson Sergov, Hayden Madison, and Roger Kamini for their assistance with this story. Please consider following us or giving us a rating to help us get noticed in the crowd. For more information after this limited series concludes, check out truecrimexs.com. Donations or sponsorship inquiries for future seasons of APX may be directed to True Crime Excess or to Jennings John. We are also sponsored by the John Doe Family Foundation. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And as always, thank you for listening. I, I had started appearing on these. Um, it was like videos, but like, you know, I was appearing in audio form. There'd just be like a, a still picture there while I talked. And it, it was different. I guess you call them YouTube channels. I, like, so podcast or audio to me. And then like YouTube and Vimeo and TikTok, those are the videos, reels, all that stuff. So I started appearing on these things, kind of consulting on different cases because Jennings asked me to. He was going to use it for marketing and promotion. It didn't end up being used as marketing and promotion for what I think he's doing with us. I think I screwed with Jennings' timeline like 50 different times. So he, he calls me and he's like, can you can you go talk to this person about this, uh, this missing person's case? And it was a case I was really familiar with. And I did go and talk about it. I don't. The thing is, I don't know a lot about missing people. So I had somebody write up like a really good you know, presentation, and I did that, and it was fine. And then I've, you know, gone and talked about these different unsolved murders. That's a little more in my wheelhouse because usually, like, with missing people, like, it depends on the amount of time, but you may not be able to actually get your hands on the file. But if there's an unsolved murder, then that's something you can kind of weasel your way into and, like, talk to investigators, particularly when some of the investigators have been copies for themselves and many years have passed. So. I had, again, you know, I had this fascination with, like, different homicides that involved families. And there was this upstate New York one that I, I looked at off and on. Uh, it's not as cold as some cases, but it's pretty cold. And Jennings was like, go on and talk on this show. And I was like, okay. And I did it. And I liked, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I liked talking to the guy. The guy, that's his whole, his whole bit is talking to other people who are going to be part of other stories in video and audio form. And I did it in video form, and I think it came out first, like, it might come out as a podcast first, but it did have, like, a video element to it. And I guess that the, towards the end of the episode that they were 
putting this up and putting it on because that was just like one segment of it. And they left a username up for me. And it wasn't anything major. It was like, you know, an at and then like just the name. And I don't really use that account, but it is my account. And sometimes I will log into things late night and just like poke around and, and look. Regardless of why that happened or what happened there, who's at fault, doesn't matter. It just, like, it was only visible for a second. But I log back in later, and there's a video, uh, there's a, I say video message, but there's nothing in the video the first time. Uh, there's a, like, a call. Like, so it had tried to call my username, and I didn't answer. So they were allowed to leave a message. So it's, like, this heavy voice breathing or whatever. And then, uh, look, it has a message for me. Anyways, I figured we would play that because I thought it was interesting how quickly that happened. Now, in time, like, I appeared on, like, I don't know, like a Wednesday or something. And I guess the message was left either Thursday or Friday. So right after. But for me, I didn't log back into that account for, like, six weeks. And then I logged back in. And, and this is this is what you heard if you logged back into it. It was It was pretty creepy, in my opinion. I want to tell you my secrets. I want you to make Clay famous. There's a girl, and you can save her. But you have to answer so I can give you the information. <laughs> Next time on APX. Well, Jennings sent me that recording as well, and I heard it, and all I could think about was Leonard Lake. And I don't know, I don't know that a lot of people know as much about Leonard Lake because he, Leonard Lake is definitely deceased, and he is not, um, from what I understand, I don't think it's possible that he's a subject in the APX program. <laughs> now that I say that, I would I would ask myself questions, but I remember seeing some of the tapes during the trial of his accomplice Charles Inc. And one of the tapes was it's very similar to this. Now the voice here is obviously disguised to some degree, but the voice that I heard there was terrifying. the The voice in the Leonard Lake situation, he's telling this woman to undress, and he's he's demanding things over, and it's 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 quite terrible and i think at that moment when i heard I, I i'm sort of catching up on all of this is this jennings is sitting with this information after the fact and I, and i get this information and i look at it and i listen to it and i and i call him back and i say well, i need to talk to john and he says well that's the problem and i said what's the problem he said john doe has gone missing that he's been missing for for quite a period of time and he said i'm i'm honestly not quite sure what to do about it and i thought to myself well now we've got a problem <laughs>